With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome to the Direct-to-Video Connoisseur uh, podcast. I am Matt, and as always, I'm joined by Jamie. Jamie, how are you this evening? Doing great. Yeah, I'm not doing too bad. Um, you know, I live in Philadelphia now. I'm outside of New England, so the, the fallout from the whole deflate gate, Brady, you know, getting four games, uh, the team getting docked a draft pick, um, I'm kind of away from that right now. But um, I can imagine that, um, you know, it's probably chaos in, in New England right now. I'm sure there's probably... Um, you know, line. You know, the, the the Walmart's being raided. You know, this is probably like second to maybe the zombie apocalypse. Um, Brady getting suspended for defi- <laughs> people are buying bread and milk. I think so. I think it's a bad scene up there. People are like, dude, what is going on here? Brady doesn't get four games. Roger Goodell, he's a, he's a loser, giving him four games like that. But that's <laughs> you know, like the big thing they're talking about. I think is now um, not raising the banner on opening, op- you know, opening game because like you know the. The, the team that wins the Super Bowl, they um, they raise, they they get to have a home uh, football game, and they raise their championship banner. Now it's like, no, they're not raising the banner until Brady gets back. Eat that, Goodell. Suck it. So, <laughs> it's, uh, but um, you know, hey, he got caught. Um, that's that's it. You get caught cheating, you gotta you gotta go down. And I think the problem with the Patriots is that they they can't like, they, they can't just like accept. You know, when they did something wrong, like, they're, they're that person that just, like, when they do something wrong, um, instead of being like, you know, you got me. I, I'm, I was caught right-handed. They're like, no, no, you can't. You can't do that. So it's, uh, I think that's why the NFL decided to dock them. But, yeah, from what I've been able to hear from the radio shows I listen to up there, um, it's, a, it's a pretty scary scene. People are, are having trouble. It's, it was worse than the winter, I think. So we'll see. We'll see. Keep, keep, you know. Keep everybody keep the the people of New England in your thoughts and prayers tonight, and hope that everything is okay with them and uh and Tom Brady. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. You go well, ahead, do that. Yes. Yeah, well, <laughs> I totally don't care. <laughs> no, I. To be honest, I it's for me. You know, there's I think there's two kinds of Patriots fans, and I'm in that category that thinks this is kind of funny. That it's kind of just like, why do you have to do this? You know, because. They they played better in the second half when their their balls weren't underinflated, so it's like why why are you you know why why even do that um, BS? But that's what it is is that 
the Patriots cheat so that when they win, um, everybody else who doesn't root for the Patriots gets to make fun of me, and I don't get to enjoy them winning. So, you know, hats off to the Patriots for, for making me have to uh, eat it every time I think about my team winning the Super Bowl. I appreciate that. Mr. Brady, who didn't want to go to the, the president, you know, visit the president, he, uh, too busy deflating footballs. <laughs> so, now, if you're gonna, if I can make as, as as good a segue as this, um, we are watching a film that is probably about as European as it gets tonight. Uh, even though it had quite a few Americans in it, um, you know, we get to see the nice parts of Switzerland in this, I think, and uh, or maybe they were all just Serbia, and some of them were packaged to us as Switzerland. But um, so it was good. It was good for me to be able to go to a, a part of the world that sees football as a sport where you actually use your foot. Um, and so I didn't have to think about any of the, You occasionally the, use your foot in American football. Yes, you, you use your foot when you're giving up, right? You use your foot when you're settling for a field goal or you're kicking the ball to the other team so they can have it, right? That's, you don't you actually use your foot for a positive thing, you know? It's so, yes, exactly. It's, it's a, you know, foot when I give up ball, I guess is what it should be called. <laughs> yes, but, um, but uh, this movie, um, yeah, this is... I, I guess we, we've, we've had two European... This is our second European spy film here, the other being Erased with Aaron Eckhart. Um, oh, Brian just showed up. Excellent. So we've got our, our tech support in the building, which is good. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, Jamie, overall thoughts. How did you feel about this one? I think that... Hmm. It wasn't terrible. Right. I don't think it was bad. I do think that it was very by the numbers. Mm-hmm. There was nothing really different or exciting about this than any other spy film that you see, except that there wasn't anything really different or exciting about it. Um, mm-hmm. It just it seemed, um, I don't know, almost lazy. Mm-hmm. And I kind of lost interest yeah. toward the end there. Um, like after we get to the part where she – dresses up all slutty and goes to right. kill uh goes to kill the guy and then um November Mancha which by the way did we ever get that line about why he was called We November? did at the very end that the life goes on dad um That's right okay Yes he um, explains it because I guess apparently um in November I must have not been paying attention at that point or something cuz I missed it um, I, I was waiting the whole damn movie for that line and I completely missed it I guess it's because everything dies in the month of November um, which yeah. doesn't really count if you're south of the hemisphere. So that shows how, how this film is very elitist, right? I mean, we get to see, um, you know, places like Switzerland. We get to that sense of European elitism. And now we get this sort of northern hemisphere bias, right? Because for people in Brazil and, and other parts of the southern hemisphere, in fact, everything starts to bloom in November. So that was kind of, you know, I guess, I guess maybe they had to repackage this in Brazil and, and call it the, um, I, I guess, the April Man. Um, I don't know how that worked, but that was the idea. Was that I guess because everything dies in November, so when Pierce Brosnan's character walks through an area, everything's left dead, as if November swept through and killed everything. Which I actually thought was cool when I saw that in the trailers, and I was waiting for that line the whole movie, and I, <laughs> I guess I had checked out at some. I mean, I was kind of in and out. Yeah. Yeah. Toward the end there, and um, I guess I just somehow that line just slipped right under my radar. That kind of pisses me off. <laughs> I, I was in and out myself at the towards the end. So there are probably things that you caught that I missed. So maybe the two of us can together can together we can this. stitch together a whole movie. <laughs> yes. it, it was it was it, you definitely felt every bit of that buck forty eight runtime. Um, and 
I was trying to think, how long was the Erased with Aaron Eckhart? Um, was that was that a two-hour one, or was that about the same? Um, I think it was probably about the same. I want to say it was under two hours, but it was definitely over 90 minutes. Yeah, and I can't remember. I thought maybe, I think in that one, maybe I was a little bit more sensitive to that one than you were. Um, but I think both of us are on the same page about this one, that this one was uh, a little long. It, it didn't need to, to go as far as it did. Well, especially since it just didn't have what it takes to keep you engrossed Yeah. for a, for a runtime like that. I mean, it just didn't because I was there, I was in it, you know, for a good long while. And then toward the end there, I just sort of started drifting here and there. And I'm thinking, huh, that, is, that right there is the landmark of a film that's too long. It overstays its welcome. Mm-hmm. When you're in it, you're in it, you're in it. And if they had just kept to that 90-minute mark, I would have been in it for the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I could have maintained it. But by going over it for as long as they did, it's just I didn't have that much to invest. <laughs> yeah. I just didn't want to give it that much. And it's a shame because I really like Pierce Brosnan. And I was kind of looking forward to this. I was like, ooh, spy. And spy movies are fun and, you know, action film. And I just didn't feel like there was a whole lot of intrigue here. And the story that we got was like they pulled it from How to Make a Spy Movie book. <laughs> yes. You know, Spy Movies 101, Chapter 4. Yes. And, and it just... I guess they kept it kind of timely with, um, like, human trafficking and, um, like, sex slave girls and stuff. But even that wasn't as uh, – I mean, it was kind of hinted at, but I don't feel like it was ever really – you never really got deep into the world of it. So it wasn't – I mean, probably Taken did more with that than this movie did. I don't know. I just I, – it wasn't all that – exciting to me it was very cia agent is retired but he gets pulled out of retirement when the woman that he loves gets killed you know (laughs) and then (laughs) and then he finds out oh my god the guy you thought was your best friend uh or you've known forever is actually the bad guy i (laughs) could you have been any more and in the plot twist with yeah and we had the the woman i can't remember her name um from uh olga uh, Kolyenko or something like from uh, from Erased was in this as well and um, she played the, the main female character um, and same thing the plot twisted re- regarding her did you you know you, we, we all saw that one coming oh, too for, yeah I yeah. mean I actually was surprised okay I saw that coming so far in advance that when it wasn't revealed really early on I thought that I was wrong yeah and I was like oh okay well maybe I'm wrong about that and then it comes around and I was like oh fuck yeah. <laughs> I had this a long time ago. Why didn't you guys figure it out? Or, or at least get us there sooner. You know, yeah, yeah. if if we all can see it coming, get us there sooner. There, there's yes. no need for this extra stuff. Um, the other don't like don't act like I'm stupid. Yeah, yeah. The, the other thing that wasn't fleshed, or I wouldn't say it necessarily wasn't fleshed out well enough for me. But that it, it kind of wasn't. But the other thing about it was that it just didn't work for me. It was the whole thing with the kid, uh, the American kid, who is I guess he's not necessarily a kid, but he's kind of the one that. Um, the younger guy. Right, the younger guy that mentioned His character just didn't do anything for me. And I don't know if maybe the actor himself just didn't bring a lot, but it was one of those things where he was just so overshadowed by Brosnan. And, and I don't know if there is, you know, if you're going to put Brosnan in a movie of this level, where I, I don't know if it's necessarily DTV, but it's definitely like a only European release and then comes over here DTV kind of film. 
Uh, or did you say it was in the theater? This was in the theater, yeah. Okay, that's right. I, I don't think it was for very long, but it was in the theater. But it was there. Yeah, I, I think something like this, you know, Brosnan exudes this heavy charisma um, that it, it you really have to get a kid that, you have to get an, a, the younger actor, it really has to have something to make us want to have any kind of, anything to do with his character being developed at all and to see any kind of intrigue between his character and Brosnan's. Otherwise, he just needs to be Brosnan's right-hand man. He needs to get killed at some point and have kind of the death scene where he's like, you know, says, you know, something like, tell my, my mother I love her or something like that. And then he chokes, you know, chokes his last, you know, the blood coming out of his mouth and he's kind of, you know, turns his head, maybe his eyes go wide and uh, Brosnan realizes he has another reason for revenge, right? Now you're really going to get it, you know? Um, <laughs> y- y- you know what I mean? Like, you, if you're going to try to make a person like this a major player in the film, we have to believe that he works as a major player. And, and he didn't, you know, and the other thing too that I didn't get was that he, his un- unveiling that Brosnan had a daughter by looking so- at some files, like, wouldn't everybody have had access to those files and seen him with the daughter? Like, how did he just decide to pull the pen drive home and find it? Um, the whole thing was just, um, I, I don't know. that The whole thing with that, that, that part of it um, didn't work. And I don't know who you get for that role. Um, you know, I think you'd need someone like maybe... Boy, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a good young actor in action films. I don't really think anyone would have done it any good because I don't think the role was mm-hmm. a good role. Like, I, didn't, right. I really just don't think there was any meat there. There was yeah. nothing to grab onto because I didn't give a shit. No. Um, and that whole thing with his neighbor. Yes. And the cat and the <laughs> – yeah. like, why are we showing this guy? I mean, every time it would be – we would see him at home. Right. I'm thinking, why are you showing me this guy at home? This I don't care about exactly. him. Exactly. <laughs> he does. This character doesn't matter to me. Go back to Pierce Brosnan. If I'm going to be here, I'm here for Pierce Brosnan. Exactly. And irony of ironies, right? Um, the whole time he's looking at the screen, he's seeing um, Brosnan's uh, opinion of of his character, right? Which was drop, right? Drop him from mm-hmm. the CIA. So every time we see him on the, you know, he's looking at the screen. We see in big red letters across his file, drop. And we're thinking the same thing. Yes, drop this character. We don't need this right now. This is not doing anything for us either. Um, so that was I, I always got a kick out of that. Every time I see drop, I like yes, drop, please. You know, we <laughs> we could use that. Good idea. Good. Why don't you do that? Yes. And the girl, um, lead girl, the one mm-hmm. from. Uh, erased. Did, did she in this film at least remind you of Catherine Zeta Jones? Mm-hmm. Because I kept saying that. I'm like, God, she reminds me of Catherine Zeta, especially when she got slutted up. It was yes. really obvious then. But even way before that, I kept thinking she reminded me of her. Mm-hmm. I kept expecting her to do some like over under wire belly crawl <laughs> yes. or ass in the air thing. Now, did she ever do a film with Pierce Brosnan? Catherine Zeta Jones? Yeah. Uh, I don't think so. Well, she never was never a Bond girl, was she? I don't, I don't think. think so. No, this one yeah. o- Olga uh, Kurlinko actually was in Quantum of Solace. It says, um, but uh, and then of course she did. We we know her from uh, Erased before this, but so she was actually the one that was the Bond girl. But um, yeah, um, I, I was trying to think if Catherine Zeta Jones had had done one because that would be interesting if they were trying to like you know re. Yeah, and I don't recall anything with them. But see. <sighs> I don't. I haven't seen Pierce Brosnan in a lot of stuff outside of Bond, mm-hmm. um, and um, oh, the uh, <laughs> Mamma Mia, um, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> which is a completely different film. Right. Um, 
I think much better. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I really enjoyed Mamma Mia. You did. Um, you did. I, see, I know a lot of people didn't like that one, but I've never seen it, so I, I wouldn't. I loved it. I yeah. did love it, even though uh, Pierce Brosnan should not ever ever sing. Right. Yeah. Um, I did love that film, but like I know him as Bond and Remington Steel. I was gonna say Remington Steel, which is on MeTV on Sunday. So uh, sometimes, like uh, if if uh, Jen and I are watching the Brady Brunch, um, if we happen to leave the TV on. Um, maybe we watch the Brady Bunch in the other room, and you know, just kind of have our. We, we usually have brunch with the Brady Bunch, or, um, but uh, we might leave it on. I might come in later, and there's uh, Remington Steel. I want to come watch TV. Right? Yes, yes. You guys are awesome. L- last weekend had some great Brady Bunches. It had the one where um, they go to that theme park in Cincinnati, and uh, wait, it, with the one where they lose the tube with his hands in it. Yes. Oh, I love that episode. Alice, man, and B. Davis, she could run when she had that tube. She was like bolting <laughs> through that park, like she just went for it. I was like, wow, Ed B. Davis, you know. And her character was always getting back aches and things like that, and like you know, getting hurt, and and but she just flew there. She she could get after. Her. No wonder Sam liked her. I bet she was a good bowler too. Yeah, well, she was. You know, yeah. They they have their bowling league nights all the time. You mm-hmm. know. Yeah, throwing her the meat. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> but um, but yeah. So <laughs> but um, but later on, and that say on the day they have like kind of a detective, uh, set where it's like I think they kind of lead up till Columbo at eight p.m., which I always feel so bad. My mom, uh, the Boston area doesn't get me TV anymore. My mom would always love to have, watch the Columbo at eight p.m. On MeTV, and they got rid of it. The Boston area got rid of MeTV, so she doesn't have that anymore. And so I always feel bad uh, when I see that that's on because I know, you know, she would uh, she would usually DVR it in a you know, uh, skip the commercials. I mean, they were all ones that she'd already seen before, but she always enjoyed them. You know, she'd be like, oh, this is the one that had Dick Van Dyke, you know, or this one that had Ricardo Montalban or whatever. Um, but yeah, so so um, but yeah, so it's like kind of the detective hour, and that, that's I, I always see him there. Uh, Brosnan there and so for me it was kind of funny seeing him in this film because you know now we're like 30 years later um, and um, you know on the surface you see him in Remington Steel and you think boy he hasn't aged a bit because he looks ex- you, you almost feel like he looks exactly like he did in those Bond films but you watch November Man and you can see he's definitely an older guy um, but mm-hmm. I, I kind of felt like they worked the fact that he was older um, good like I thought when he was fighting the American kid um, he was he, he was kind of having to use certain resources around him to fight you know like they didn't make it like you know he was just going to kick his ass um he actually had to like use some some resources to fight him off to beat him um he had to use his smarts a little more than his brawn which i thought was good um but you know it's still like you said it's that same old thing about the retired hit uh cia guy being called in for one last job oh yeah how about that scene where speaking of using things around him uh, the scene in the parking lot where he cuts the gas line, <laughs> mm-hmm. and then from you know thirty feet, fifty feet away, he's driving past <laughs> and shoots the ball. And Brian's like, "Yeah, because he's that good a shot." <laughs> and how good, How do you have to shoot that? You've got to get the spark right, don't you? You got. I mean, and by the time he did it, because you know, twenty <laughs> minutes ago, the kid was like, "Gas, get out of right. the way!" And everybody <laughs> dove out of the way. So by the time he exploded the car, there was no one around. Yeah. So he just blew up this perfectly good car that belonged to a stranger for no reason in the world now they have some kind of night you know nightmare insurance headache oh. and um he didn't even kill anyone it was totally useless yeah and what do you think car insurance is like in belgrade do you think you're getting your money for that no oh god i gotta think in serbia like i mean you know maybe maybe some of the listeners are from serbia you could let us know what it would be what what, what you would expect to deal with um i mean i have 
Like, hey, you're in Serbia. That's what you get. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean cars it, explode. I was gonna say it didn't look like a Yugo. <laughs> it, it looked a little bit nicer, but still, you're right. Cars explode. You know, I mean, I I don't know. Like, you know, you're at least you're at least not getting the no full value. No intended to Serbians Mm-mm. out there. <laughs> no, no. I mean, I don't. You know, in the United but States, they, al- you're... they already had a Serbian film, so right. Know. Exactly. So they know, right? If they can live that down, then they can get over car explosion. Too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, now this is, I was going to say, this is the second time we've been to Belgrade as well, because John Travolta was there at the beginning of um, the killing season. That's right. Yeah, so we, we seem to be making our way around the world with these films, which is, which is great. That's something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> now, now, you're talking about Pierce Brosnan. One thing that I recognize in this, and I don't know if you, if you felt the same way, that, um, you know, with Aaron Eckhart, there was this sense of, like, an American sort of, you know, confronting Europeanism. Yeah, the way he was kind of making his way through Belgium and, and, and taking out Europeans and, you know, what, with all these, like, you know, European historical buildings in the background. Whereas Pierce Brosnan, you felt like he was, like, this was his deal. This was, you know, he was a uh, European refinery. Like, when he sits down at a Swiss uh, cafe, um, he's at home there, as opposed to Aaron Eckhart. When he sits down at a Swiss cafe, he's looking for a Budweiser and a, and a hamburger. Um, and I kind of like that that dichotomy. I kind of that's one thing I liked about this film with Pierce Brosnan is that I enjoyed seeing him, um, kind of in his Europeanness and uh, sort of uh, even though he had to send her to the Hilton, which was great. That even in Belgrade you have a, a Hilton product placement. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what were your thoughts on that on Pierce Brosnan, kind of you know as the lead in this film? On the whole, mm. I think, I mean, he, he was fine. <laughs> he was fine. I just, I, this, uh, I don't, I think through no fault of his own, I just wasn't invested mm-hmm. in this film. And I feel kind of bad because I'm like, hey, let's watch this. I mean, this was my idea. I did want to see it, you know, um, because I like him. I I think he did what he could with it, and he, you know, he was fine. I didn't Mm -hmm. have any problem with his performances at all. I think it's okay that he's, you know, getting older. I mean, he's still Pierce Brosnan. Um, If Liam Neeson can do it, so can he. Um, I, I think it's all right. I just, there just wasn't anything really engaging about this film. I mean, it was just so easy to pick apart what was happening that I mean I think you and I both before, way before we got to the end we'd already settled everything in our own minds and so you were like you saw him in the first part of it and you're like okay so this is what it's going to be like and then you were able to figure out how it was going to end because it was so transparent and then after that you're just kind of done with it yeah. you know but it wasn't his fault. No. I don't think he did anything wrong. I think he was perfectly fine. It just there wasn't very good material for him to work with. Yeah, yeah. You know, I was gonna say the only thing that surprised me about this film was seeing him ride public transit in uh, in Belgrade. <laughs> I never thought I'd ever see Pierce Brosnan ride public transit in any film that he was ever in. So that was for me the one surprise. Seeing him uh, holding onto the strap as they're riding through the city. Uh, that was my. <laughs> I never, you know, I was waiting to see if he was going to disinfect his hands with something, you know. Like pull, <laughs> pull out, pull out pull a little towel. I was going to say, yes. <laughs> kind of I mean, it. we're used to seeing him play spirals. That's not a, that's not a stretch. Um, but the, the difference is, is there was, this character doesn't have the suaveness, doesn't have the, the, the presence or the neat gadgets or the, you know, I mean, it just doesn't. It just doesn't have the same 
profile as say like a bond film does so once you've seen him play bond this is just kind of second tier you know yeah and i think i think there were some other places that this film could have gone that it didn't go um based on kind of what you're saying there where there's no cute gadgets um there's no cute spy stuff there um and you know like one thing that was interesting was we had a um sort of a spy versus spy element that we never fleshed out, right? There was this other assassin from Russia, a female assassin, right? I mean, she yeah. looked like she could be the goods as uh, as Brosnan's adversary. She looked like Lara Croft, like right. when they All right, she didn't have the face of Lara Croft. But when it, but when she first got there and she got it went into the hotel and you saw her like unpacking her gun and then she did that like Van Damme split thing mm-hmm. with it. <laughs> All right, it wasn't Van Damme because his goes side to side, but you know what I mean. She I did do. that that uh, extreme split thing on the floor and then stood up and stretched her leg up over her head and she had like the long braided ponytail and I was like what is she Lara Croft um and I thought wow we we should expect something really badass from her yeah and didn't it, it not only did we not get it but she was wasn't she taken out by um by by um the the, the the main female the one that was in a in, in a race wasn't wasn't that who took her out uh, yeah, untrained so. you know um, yeah pretty yeah. much um and then I already just I was kind of done with her when she shot her informant in the back of the head after he uh, you know the guy the computer guy yes when he was like he was giving her all the information and then she's like thank you and then she shot it. and I'm like you know he was probably a useful guy to have around what yeah. <laughs> Do you think you're never going to need him ever again? Yeah. <laughs> you just go plow him in the back of the head? He was a nice guy. Um, but I, I don't know. We just didn't get really anything from her. We got the one scene where she goes to the restaurant to mm-hmm. meet um, Mira, and she's going to kill her at the restaurant. And then, of course, Pierce Brosnan shows up, gives her a call, and tells her, run away, run away, um, which to me was just a very flaccid scene. Mm-hmm. That whole... Thing. It could have been much more exciting, um, and she's just she. At that point, I'm thinking, wow. I kind of figured the way they played her up, I thought she was going to be much more of a badass than that, and she just kind of stands there while her mark runs away, and then we don't see her for a while. Yeah. And then I... we see her again, and is just you know, it just seemed really empty. Like, why do we even have her? What was the point of her? I was going to say the same thing, and one of the things they really do in there, um, isn't this like, I think this is like bad script writing 101, right, where um, she goes to pick up a butter knife, and she's going to yes. use that to kill, and so we get this sense that this is a really, tra- you know, like a highly trained killer, if she's going to use a butter knife to off someone, and then they never go back to that again, and I think, isn't that like script writing 101, if, the, if there's a gun in a scene, you've got to use it or something like that, like... Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah, if there's a if there's a gun on the table in Act One, you know that gun is going to be fired. Yeah. Or I forget exactly how it's worded, but yeah. Yeah, you know. and and so I think that you're going to use the butter knife. You're going to set it up like that. If you're going to do the split, um, all that stuff. Um, I just I feel like yeah, that this was this was the character actually. Now that we th- now that I think about it, um, this is the character that would have worked. As the, you know, instead of this whole, like, mentor versus mentee or, you know, whatever, you know, uh, student kind of thing that really didn't work and that character didn't work. And I don't even, I don't know, I don't want to blame the actor so much because maybe it was the writing. But the whole thing didn't work, right? It was it was all sautéed in wrong sauce. 
she was the one that could have done it, right? She could have, you know, we could have had her off the, the, the mentor guy or the, 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 the American guy with a butter knife. That's what it would have been nice, you know? Like, let's see him take her down, uh, see her take him down with a butter knife. Now Brosnan wants revenge against her and the life goes on, Dad. I think that would have been really nice to see that kind of work out. Um, you know, and, and if the plot twist is that, that she's working with the life goes on, Dad, I'm cool with that too. Um, but yeah, she needed to have a bigger role. Like, we need to, as, we, as, as they kept telling us in the film, drop the other guy and bring her role up some because she was a very intriguing character and she just was never fully fleshed out, never used properly. Well, I, maybe that right there is part of what was inherently wrong with this film. Maybe it just didn't know what it needed to be. Mm-hmm. You know, we have because we had the mentor versus protege thing going on. We had the he's got a daughter, he's got a dead woman that he <laughs> loves that got killed thing going on. We've got this Russian spy who should be a badass who comes in and doesn't really do anything going on. We've got this like undercurrent of human trackening, human trackening, human <laughs> trafficking and sex slavery going on. We've got all of this shit and nothing ever really bubbles up to the surface. Like mm-hmm. not one of those comes to a satisfying conclusion. Yeah. Or it- is used in a satisfying way. Yeah, and it does feel like the kind of script that if you were in a script writing class and you presented this script, I think the the professor would give you a C and say it's too predictable. Uh, yes, it's too it's too predictable. It's too convoluted. There are so many things going on, and none of them none of them really work within each other. And then, but then the things that do end up happening, you see coming a mile away. Yeah. So this is, yeah, I mean, this to me is like a script that was written over, like, on a plane flight from New York to L.A. (laughs) The guy was like, we got a movie with Pierce Brosnan, but we need a script. And the guy's like, I'm on my way. He jumps on a plane in New York, flies out to L.A., and by the time he gets to L.A., which is like, what, a five-hour flight? He's got the script. Mm -hmm. And that, to me, is exactly what it feels like. Yeah, yeah. And, and, you know, it's funny. When we think about Erased, um, you know, Erased had... It, I don't want to say it was as paint by numbers as this, but it had, um, you know, it, 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 as opposed to this one, which was strictly spy thriller, you know, Erase sort of had a more like North by Northwest or kind of Hitchcockian feel to it, whereas, you know, his, his character is completely erased and needs to like prove his identity and also is, you know, fighting against people while he can't prove he exists. But um, there, there were parts of that movie, Erase, that worked better. And I think the number one thing was the daughter in Erased, Aaron, Eckhart, Aaron Eckhart's character's daughter. Um, was a really good supporting character, and I think she added things to the film. She she kind of you know um, gave you things that the film didn't already have. Um, whereas you know the mirror character, um, you know uh, who of course she like we said she was in um, she was in Erased as well, but that mirror character didn't do the same like she was supposed to. I think she was supposed to with the whole like going to uh, kill uh, the fe- whatever the guy's name F- Fadoff or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever she's going to kill that that baddie, you know, the guy that that had like, you know, had her as a, a sex slave or whatever, um, you know, I think that was supposed to be the scene, right? And that was supposed to be the one where we were supposed to go, okay, wow, this is a great character, you know, she's really built up, but not really. She was always just kind of just there, tangential to um, tangential to uh, what whatever Brosnan was doing. Whereas I felt like the daughter and Eckhart, that that dynamic actually added something to the film. Um, and, and, and I think maybe that's where 
I think both of us were, 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 were better with Erase than we were with this. Is that there were things that were happening in the film that even if they, they were things we'd seen before or things that we were familiar with, they, they had a way of like creating a dynamic where there was tension, um, where there were things we wanted to know what were, was going to happen next, where we felt invested. Uh, whereas this, you know, Brian uh, keeps putting up the Zs. Um, uh, in the chat pod, and I, and I think you know, like you know, it, I I have to say as an aside, whenever I see the Z's like that, um, I always think of the of a Ziggy comic where you know Ziggy's just laying in bed with the Z's and the word bubble over his head. Um, I don't know. I think that's must have been the first time I ever saw the Z's before. But uh, but um, but uh, yeah. So but but I think that you know I think that's where it's almost like every place that Erase zigged, this film zagged, and it it ended up just being a situation where we just felt like. Okay, you know, again, like you said, we know what's going to happen next. Everything w- played out exactly the way we expected it to. At the same time, I mean, you know, like, you know, Brosnan was fun. Um, I, I don't even know how fun Brosnan was. This wasn't like uh, James Bond, like, you know, bantering or anything like that. He was a, a, a dark brooding kind of character here. Um, but, yeah, it just um, it, it didn't have enough to keep us invested, which is, I think, the most important film with a most important part of an hour and 48 minute long film. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to have the balls to make your film that excessively long, because really, it doesn't sound like 18 minutes is a long time, but in movie time, 18 minutes is a long fucking time. Mm-hmm. It really is. Um, even in real life, if you're waiting for something to happen for 18 minutes, like 18 minutes, you can cook rice a Yeah. You know, and that is a long time when you're waiting for your rice aroni to cook. <laughs> yes. So it, it, that it, it's if you're going to make your movie that excessively long, then you had got to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. You really have better give me a reason to want to sit there that long. Yeah. You know, and I just don't think that this was that this had it. No, no, I agree. And you know, I, I was trying to think of things that you know, like. Again, the whole thing with the the life goes on, Dad. It's his buddy who ends up being the one that's the baddie, the one that turns on them. Um, you know, we we all saw it coming. You know, it's it's too easy when we're watching the film. I mean, this is just like every mystery, right? Every time you watch a a mystery, and um, you know, the the person, you know, except for Columbo, right? Because Columbo always knows who the killer was right away, and we get to see who the killer is. But you know, every mystery, it's like the person that we think is the baddie, the one we think who did all this stuff, is never the baddie. And in the spy film, it's always, right, the friend, the best friend is the one who did it. So we see this coming a mile away, yet they do this whole aside thing where there's like a power struggle in that CIA branch between um, the Life Goes On dad and um, somebody, you know, whoever that other guy that was the jerk guy. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, we didn't really need to spin our wheels for that. There was nothing in that 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 we needed to be like spinning our wheels for. you know, why not just keep the life goes on dad in charge and, you know, have him helping Brosnan out and then find, you know, Brosnan finds out the truth and, you know, is like, oh, I got to, you know, deal with my best friend now. And, you know, suddenly life goes on. Dad turns out to be the baddie. Um, you know, that, that that's like 15 or 20 minutes right there that we life didn't need. <laughs> what I, I always kind of think in terms of TV dads, I think he's no, one I, of the. I do un- that too. Yeah. I, I do exactly the same thing. It took me a while to figure out why I knew him. Mm hmm. Because it was bald yeah. in the movie. And I'm like, why do I know that guy? I know that guy. Life goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he, he was one of the better movie dads, I think. He was a, he was a nice guy. Um, you know, one of the more underrated movie dads, I think, too. Yeah, I, that, that's not really one that anybody ever talks about anymore. No. Yeah, 
Yeah, and he's he's good in this. The one time his character said "ergo," which that immediately made me go, "Okay, he needs to be eliminated from the film if he's going to say ergo." I don't, you know, that that, <laughs> that was bad. But but no, I think um, you know, I think there were a lot of things like that. But I think you know, again, um, the old spy versus spy thing, right? With the um, with the other assassin, the Russian assassin, you know, even like a little Cold War, you know, NATO versus Russia kind of thing. It, it always plays well in a film like this. And so it's like they had this really great character that they, for some reason, decided not to lean on and not flesh out and not use more. And then they had this other character that was kind of a dud, and they decided to work on the dud. And um, that just, you know, I think that's a, a move that's going to kill a film every time. Yeah. I mean, I can't argue that. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know... I don't know. And when you're talking about the fact that you're talking about the um, the, the lack of gadgets, you know, I kind of started to see, you know, if this was a simpler film, you know, shorter runtime, um, you know, less less cast, you know, maybe more of the whole intrigue and, and killing people and stuff like that, and less of the computers are are, are magic kind of thing that we got in here. Um, I think that may have played better. I think that may have been more fun to watch. Maybe some more seedy. Um, Belgrade bars and less Hiltons. Um, I think that may have been a better film. Maybe. You know, I'm... We did get that drone scene, which was kind of neat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it made me... It prompted me to ask how long before drones were just flying around everywhere watching everything? <laughs> right. Like, in they live. Mm-hmm. You know, um... But, um... I digress. But I... Yeah, I think you probably would have been right because I did enjoy that strip club scene. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I do tend to like like seedy places and and movies like this, mm-hmm. especially when you have Pierce Brosnan walking in and he clearly does not belong. <laughs> yes. I mean, like sit him next to that pimp guy, and it's like something. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> yes. yes, he's ordering some some Glenlivet or something like that. Well, he's. <laughs> Yeah, that was definitely, you know, but I think that would have been interesting to, you know, if if you're going to have a character like him, you know, get his hands dirty, you know, get him in there, get him dirty. Let's get that collar ruffled a bit. Let's get that gray hair a little less well coiffed and, uh, you know, and really make it dark. But yeah, again, you know, it, one thing that that character, that the Russian character had me thinking is, you know, there must be a whole wealth of Russian gymnasts out there that could play assassin in direct-to-video movies. Who could play an assassin? A wealth of oh. Russian gymnasts. Oh, I've, yeah. Did you think I, I said Welsh? I thought you said a Welsh. <laughs> a Welsh. There must be a Welshman of Russian <laughs> gymnasts. <laughs> I mean, like Christian Bale. I was gonna say Catherine Zeta-Jones, right? She's Welsh. Yeah. Yes. Russian gymnast? Ru- Russian gymnast, because it looked like she must have been a Russian gymnast. It seems yeah. like, you know, you could just pull them, just be like, hey, okay, your, your Olympic career's done, you're, you're, you're 15 and a half, um, you know, <laughs> let's, like, what do you think about playing an assassin in this direct video movie? Your and your career is over. Yeah. So, it's, uh, <laughs> it's time to be an assassin. <laughs> time for you to be an assassin. It's time for you to start <laughs> killing people in this new Seagal film. Here we go. We're going to be shooting you know, it in Romania. It's funny you should say that, because while I was watching this film and I was looking at, like, okay, for instance, the the girl, I don't know her name, uh, Tits. That's what the guy, 
That's what. Um, <laughs> oh right, yes, her, yes, life another character dead. that was kind of useless. Life, at, life, life goes, life on, goes on. Dad <laughs> yes. was calling her. He called her yeah, tits. That's right. Um, she the whole time I was like, well, she's kind of young. Like, how does she get into this? You know. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, how exactly does one get into the spy business? It's like it's not something like when you're little, you're like, I'm gonna go to spy school when I grow up, and I'm gonna be a spy. Like, like how do people who end up in that career, how do they do it? You know. Well, I think how do you, they know to do it? I think maybe start in the army, and um, if you're in well, the so that's what I was wondering. If like you'd start in the military, or maybe like FBI, or I, you know, I don't know. I I kind of landed with military, but um, you know, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure every one of them isn't like Bridget Fonda and gets right. sort of kidnapped and. <laughs> And forced into it. Well, remember in uh, in Gross Point Blank, right? That his John Cusack's character says that he uh, he fit a certain profile, right? When he took an IQ test or something like that, that he right. Fit, he right he sort of had sociopathic tendencies that led them to think, you know, maybe he should uh, he should um he, he should be an assassin. I mean, I think that's what it is. I think um, early on in your military career, maybe you, you know, but I think also the CIA thing. It might be too um, that you 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 maybe you you. Take a certain career path, um, uh, maybe you know something that you know languages. I think especially could be good for you, but things like that. And yeah, you look like you may uh, present a certain set of skills that uh, make you good for the CIA. Um, I know there's a woman who um, used to be in the CIA that they interview a lot on the Young Turks when I would watch that show, um, and they would talk about you know she would talk about what it was like being in the CIA, being kind of undercover, doing those things. Was Pierce Brosnan's character didn't really do the undercover thing. He just did the killing thing. Um, yeah. Yeah. So he's, you know. And I think that was maybe another part that was missing, too, is it didn't seem very well-rounded. I mean, we didn't get a, or at least I didn't get a sense of exactly what he, his life was, you know, mm-hmm. like what he, who he was, except that oh, he was active from seventy-seven to, to two thousand eight, yeah. and I'm guessing he was just assassinating people. But you know, I, it was just kind of stated. You know, I'm like, but well, what does that mean? Like, what does that feel like? I didn't get a sense of of his character. You know, I didn't feel like I got to know him. If that makes any sense at all. No, I agree, and I think if you're gonna do that, if you're gonna, um, I, I think you gotta either go one way or the other with that, right? If you're gonna introduce characters like introduce a, a, a former love that gets killed or you're going to introduce a daughter um, you got to go all the way you got to flesh the thing out completely um, otherwise you go the complete opposite direction and have it be like some kind of Clint Eastwood um, you know Sergio Leone Leone um, you know cowboy thing where the, the, the lone gunman shows up into you know sleepy town of Belgrade um, with no past no history and just starts mm-hmm. gunning people down um, which I think that's good too, you know. Like I said, you know, could do kind of that old west style with a film like this, and have you know flesh out that Russian character, um, you know, the kid, right? You always have the kid in the western. I think you know you can go one way or the other, but I think, like you said, they kind of they gave us a little bit of it, which again, I think that smacks more of laziness. It smacks of um, you know five hour flight to L.A. writing than it does um, you know them trying to keep something from us. Yeah, I think so too. I. I... I really feel like the faults that are within this film were just laziness. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, like, eh, nobody cares. Yeah. It's Pierce Brosnan. People are shooting. 
That's exactly. all we need. We'll blow some stuff up. We gotta. We'll, we'll take our our lead actress and put her in a in a skimpy outfit. Um, yeah, we got that. She got her slutted up for a few minutes. <laughs> right. You know, <clears throat> and um, and uh, which is funny because that just succeeded in distracting me even more from the film because while she was all slutted up, I was like, that is a lot of makeup. Or, mm-hmm. And I'm like, are people wearing that much makeup again? Because that's very 80s, you know, like with the really heavy blush. Mm-hmm. And I was just looking, I'm like, huh, people wearing that much makeup again? Is that a thing? Well, that would be fun if that were a thing. I like makeup. Mm-hmm. Oh, or maybe it's just because she's supposed to be a slut. Like she is right. supposed to be a whore. That's why. Oh, I wonder. And then this is where my mind was going while this scene was going on. And somehow something tells me that that's not where they intended for my mind to go during that scene. Is I'm not supposed to be contemplating her makeup choices. Right. But yet I was. Well, I think she was supposed to be pretending to be a prostitute, right? Because she said yeah, she was yeah. the gift of the right. the guy who and owned the strip club. she had condoms in her purse. And right. Yeah, I mean, she was, she was supposed to be a hooker. So I'm thinking, it, you know, but – you know, is that strictly hooker makeup? Right. Is that, you know, do a lot of women over there wear, wear their makeup that heavy? And then later on, a few minutes later, I was thinking, ow, that looks like it hurts when she was peeling the fake nails off of her yes. real nails oh. in the elevator yes. when she was disrobing. I, all of these things, probably not the things that were supposed to be going through my mind when they were happening on screen, which I think leads to um, fail. Mm-hmm. I agree. It failed. Yeah. I, if you're giving me time to wonder about <laughs> shit like that, then you're not doing your job. Exactly. I had the same thing when um that the the younger guy had that whole um, relationship with the girl across the hall. Um, I remember thinking the same thing. Like, cause she she made a comment about how um I'll make you some coffee. It'll taste like home. And I was thinking like, hmm, you know, two Americans living across the hall from each other that are single. You know, you, you almost feel like they would be joined together in a relationship. And then I started thinking, like, well, you know, what if they aren't compatible? Yet, you know, having <laughs> being from American in common, you know, being from America in common, that's a very big thing to have in common when you're in the middle of Belgrade. So you're, you're automatically drawn. But, man, if he's a jerk or she's a jerk or something like that, or what if he wasn't attractive? What if he was a gross guy? Um, you know, and then she's kind of stuck with him. She probably wouldn't want to go for him. But then again, he, he, he represents home. So maybe they're friends, but he wants to be more than friends. I started doing the same thing. He really seems to be okay with cats. Right, which is big. It's important. Yeah, he, he, you know, yeah. This cat who somehow repeatedly gets into his locked apartment. Yep. (laughs) Yeah, I think Jackson Galaxy would tell him that the cat must get in through the landing on the other side, and Jackson Galaxy would tell him to put a um, in my cat from hell, he'd say put a fence up that's at a forty-five degree angle because the cat can't jump over that, and that's how he could keep the cat out if he actually wanted to and didn't want an excuse to go over there and bring the cat back. Is that true? Forty-five degree angle fence? Yeah, they can't they can't get over it. Yeah, because there was a there was a, an episode that I was I don't know if you ever watched my cat from hell. Mm-mm. Oh, it's a show. This this guy Jackson Galaxy. He's a cat behaviorist. He calls himself. Um, he's straight out of the '90s. He's kind of just been stuck there forever. Um, so you could see him in a '90s like cafe or bar with you know all kinds of '60s memorabilia hanging around the, the cafe, and he just shows up with his bowling shirts and his beard and and his gauged earrings. But um, but anyway, he he's really good with cats. And one of the things, one of the episodes was um, these two neighbors that live next to each other um, in, in, a, in a building. One cat would would go across into the uh, the neighbor's house and attack the other cat and attack the people that live there. So <laughs> the neighbors were of course you know upset about that. You don't want a cat terrorizing you. 
Um, and so the the people that lived there, that lived in the other house, tried using like pigeon spikes um, to keep the cat from going across. And Jackson's like, no, that's not going to keep the cat, and that's actually going to hurt the cat. You want right. to get a fence that has it comes in at a forty five degree angle, and the cat won't be able to get over that. Huh. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, and, and I would say two back-to-back episodes of My Cat from Hell uh, would have probably been more fun. You know, it would have, it would have had more intrigue. There would have been more in. And, of course, you know at the end of every episode that the cat stays, that he fixes the cat and the cat stays with the family and oh, good. everything's okay. But um, yeah, Brian said science, yeah. But um, I think there's more intrigue in an episode of My Cat from Hell and wondering if the jerk boyfriend is going to be okay with the cat living there and if the girl's friend's going to be able to get the cat to stay and, and be happy. Um, and if it's going to stop peeing around the house and doing the other bad things that cats do. they have an episode about that? Yep, they've had the peeing around the house. They've had ones that poop oh. around the house. They've had, you know. I am watching this show. Yeah, <laughs> they have They have all <laughs> kinds of them. So they, the, the, the big thing that he seems to be on, um, uh, drives, he, the big thing that he always drives home is, is shelving. Apparently the cats like to be up high in shelving. But, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, the other thing is litter boxes, I guess. You know, sometimes they, 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 they try to mark or something. I'm not sure, but. Yeah, it's it's a great show, and um and yeah, like I said, even though you know, um at the end, um that he's going to get the cat to stay, it's how he gets there each time is a little bit different, and so uh, that's kind of where that that show has more intrigue than than this movie that we watched tonight. <laughs> <laughs> On why you'd have you'd have spent better time, what? On why you'd be tending your spine better. What Christ? On why you'd be spending? Thank God this is a live show. Let me tell you. <laughs> On why you'd be better spending your time with my cat from hell cat, yes. <laughs> than November Man. Than November Man, yes. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I think, I, I think I'm with you though about this movie. That going into it, it looked like it had the goods, um, and we did have. I'm not gonna say we had, we had good luck. I want to say with Eraser. I think we we both kind of enjoyed that one. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and I think that's what we thought the worst was going to happen to us here. Um, which, you know, we've thought that before and we've been wrong. So it's it's not, you know, I mean, this isn't the worst that we've seen, but, you know, it, it, it just, it's a little, like you said, it's it's lazy um, and we, we pay for that. Mm-hmm. Yes, we pay. We pay so our listeners don't have to. Right, exactly. That's right. We're paying so you don't have to. So <laughs> Exactly. Well, I guess we, we so, so we're giving this one a, um, I guess a collective, you know, don't, don't, don't w- bother, right? Don't bother. And it's yeah. got four stars on Netflix, mm-hmm. which I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah. You know, I, you know, I always feel bad when I think, I feel guilty about not liking a movie mm-hmm. like this, like because of Pierce, I guess. Yeah. Um, it, it just, it makes me feel sad and I actually feel guilty that I don't like it more and I don't know so damn this movie twice for making me feel bad yeah I was once sh- for once for being not good and again for making me feel bad about it yeah I was not gonna, my fault I know I was gonna say like we've we've watched a few of these with the older actor um or with the former you know the the big name who's kind of doing something a little bit uh lower ended I don't think we've had that kind of feeling yet, right? We we were we were good with Travolta and and De Niro in the Killing Season. Um, we were good with Cusack um, and and Nicolas Cage in um, uh, the Frozen Ground. Um, maybe not so much Cusack in that other one we watched. What was it Drive Angry or something like that? Yes. So maybe not so much that one, but um, 
But we did like, you know, so far we've been doing okay uh, with, with them. So this is kind of the first one where we were like, oh, come on, give us, you know, this is this is Pierce Brosnan. Do something a little bit better with that. So maybe that's a, a, an interesting sign that so far we've done good with those. Yeah. Yeah, which is, you know, it's a surprise, but maybe we need to keep that in mind. That this is only, this is our first dud as far as those went. Yeah, well, yeah, uh, we'll keep that in mind, and then we won't make me pick again. And we'll... <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, that's not fair either, because I don't always have the shitty, the, the no. shitty track record. <laughs> I still think, I still think overall, the worst ones have been uh, the ones that I've chosen. I think, I think, I, I think, as far as the ones you've chosen, I think, um, open windows, I think, was worse than this one. Um, because I, the one thing about this one that I didn't get in open, the, the one thing about open windows that I didn't yeah, get but in this. that was my pick, wasn't it? That's what I mean. I think of your okay. picks, of your picks. Oh, of my picks. Oh, okay. I, I have some that are well beyond. Um, I, I think your your two probably don't quite crack. Maybe they crack. I don't know if they crack our top five of worst ones here. The two that that were your, and I, I think this one is not. Uh, I think open windows was more like oh, like they thought they were so smart with that movie, and I think that kind of upset me with that one whereas this one i think they kind of knew they had a paint by numbers deal and um it, we were just kind of more annoyed that they would do something like that it would be so lazy um so i don't you know i think this one while it's 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 a, a no watch um it's not i don't you know i don't think it has that sort of like insulting quality that some of the really bad ones we've watched so far have where you're just like oh why are you doing this to us yeah, I, I think you've still got a pretty good record here. I mean, I, I'm I'm looking at the legendary pictures that are still on my uh, <laughs> my dashboard. So that's one that comes yeah, to mind. Yeah, that trumps them all. Yeah, um, ambushed, another really rough one. Uh, P90X or whatever that Ooh. one was called. Yeah, I, I've got a few. I've got you know Brian. Brian has the scars from the ones that I've picked. I don't I don't know if any of yours have scarred him. The way that some of my my rough ones. No, they just bored him to tears. <laughs> oh man. Well, well. So I guess we'll, we'll we'll put this one to bed. Um, you know, again, I think the only saving grace without its supper. Without its supper, right? Right. Just like you know, it's gonna just be Ziggy there with the Z's coming up from the word bubble in the comic book panel or the comic panel. Um, I think again for me the only saving grace in this film, and it happens early on is seeing Pierce Brosnan ride public transit. That was the only <laughs> the only real great thing for me, just seeing him hold on to that strap, you know? Just imagining myself on, holding on to the pole or the strap when I'm riding public transit and thinking, like, hey, that's me and Pierce. We're together now. We're, we've, we've both shared that experience. Um, um, but other than that, I don't think there's anything in this film that, that, that you, you haven't already, you know, that you haven't already seen that you can't see coming and that you couldn't just write yourself and, and you know, imagine on your own. So, that up. <laughs> so, so with that, um, JB, what have you been working on lately? Let's see. Lately, the latest Devour has finally come out, so the Jason X episode of Devour is out, mm -hmm. and recorded the next one, which was the remake episode without me. Um, my schedule did not allow me to join in that conversation so uh, when it comes out I will not be there but still check it out anyway uh, right now on Skeleton Crew we just started doing our Nightmare on Elm Street retrospective mm. 
So we're going to be releasing those uh, starting in June. We're going to be releasing those one a week uh, for uh, eight weeks. So um, it's going to be uh, just one episode. Each episode is going to cover a single film, and they're going to come out once a week. So uh, that'll be a treat for people who are tired because we had been doing shows once a month. Mm-hmm. And um, that'll be a little treat. And then I think we're going to take a little break after that. Um, but that and then evil episodes. Uh, we just had our latest episode come out, and that we had our guest, of course, Brian and Mike and myself as usual, but we had a guest on, uh, Jeffrey X. Martin, and he came on to talk about the show Nightmares and Dreamscapes Hmm. with us, which was, uh, well, at least the first half of that, because it was an eight-episode series that they did uh, based on Stephen King stories, and we we covered the first four episodes of that on this latest show. So drop on over to maybe evil episodes and check that out. Sorry, the cat scared me. Did he? Oh, yes. <laughs> <I was> <laughs> that she just came and jumped on the bed and scared the crap out of me. <laughs> um, and uh, I guess that's about it. That's, that's pretty much what I have going on right now. Well, since I have absolutely nothing going on other than doing the podcast, which I have still need, I I, I finally put up uh, last week's um, on Facebook, and I'm going to put it on Twitter. But I, I did actually put it up right away because um, I I can't remember who it was that commented on your your page about um. It was Eric. Eric, and... that's right, Eric. Yes, and so uh, I feel bad, but I'm I'm going to try at least to get them up as soon as I can. Um, uh, you know, on on iTunes. So if you're you're subscribed to iTunes, you'll have it. But I need to try to remind myself get onto Facebook get onto Twitter and let people know when they're up just so they can see them um, but because I don't really have a lot going on I wanted to put in a request um, for the Nightmare on Elm Street 2 episode when you talk about that one uh-huh. can you put a plug in for the Lamal poster in uh, the, the heel characters room <laughs> yes. That's like one of my favorite parts about that film is that he, they go into the he, you know he's he kind of has that adversarial relationship with that heel character and he's in his room after he's been doing the whole turning into Freddy thing and there's that Lamal poster on the wall. I just thought that was so fantastic. I will make a mention of that specifically for you. All right. And it since we actually have a little extra time too, the Jason remake, I couldn't stand that. What what is your thought on the Jason remake? Well, I have to tell you, I the first time I watched it, I did not like it at all, at all. The mm-hmm. second time I watched it, it was a little bit better. I'm still not crazy about it, though. There are no. just so many things I don't like about it. But a lot of that has to do with that director, and I'm just not a fan of the way he – the worlds that he creates, mm-hmm. you know? So um, I haven't yet watched it. Because I because I wasn't on the show that we just did, I didn't watch it for that. But I'm going to have to give my opinion on the beginning of the next show. So what I'm going to do is watch it again. So uh, I can tell you more now how I feel once I watch it again. Sometimes things change if I watch a movie multiple times and with you know because it's been probably at least a year since I've seen it last. Mm-hmm. So. Maybe I'll feel differently if I watch it again, but I'm not. I don't think it's the worst of those remakes. Um, like I think I personally think Halloween is worse. Yeah. Um, but I didn't love it. 
Yeah. Not, close. Not even close to loving it. No. The only thing I liked about that was the, the, the heel character in that one. So it seems like the heel characters have the most fun in these films. But the heel character is uh, having sex with a, with a girl, and he says to her, your tits are stupendous. Um, I, I always love that line. But, uh, but otherwise, that one, that one didn't work. You know, I, I agree with you about the Halloween thing being worse than that one. Um, but, um, you know, that one, it, the thing with the Jason one is I watched it and I was like, why? Why are you even remaking it here? You know, like, like at least I guess with the Halloween one, um, Rob Zombie tried to do something different or try to make it more brutal, whatever he tried to do with it. But, you know, which, I, again, I didn't like it, but, you know, at least he was trying to do something with it. This was just like, it was just like they were, you know, making, you know, I don't know. It just, it, it, it was, I, I felt like it didn't, um, there was just no point other than to make money off the name. It Otherwise, it didn't do anything. I mean, what, Jason is a, a master electrician, I guess? That was the one that was, the, you know, so he, all that time he's, he's, a, he's an expert uh, archer and um, a, a master electrician. So he can just uh, wire electricity throughout an entire. Oh, oh, that's right. I forgot. He's also a civil engineer because he can create tunnels, too. Right. Um, right. Yeah. And a pot grower. And a pot grower. So, yeah, all of those <laughs> things. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, I didn't know what was going on with that film. And I, I think that's the, 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 the line for remakes for me is. Does it do something new, um, or is it just trading off the name? You know, and I, I think that's like like remember that Psycho remake that was kind of like a shot by shot remake. Oh, geez, it's yeah. like why are you, why even do that? Like, what's the point if you're gonna do shot by shot? You know, try to you know you know if you're gonna if you're gonna if you really have to remake a movie, do something new with it. Um, don't just redo the same. Th- you know, don't just trade off the name. I mean, I mean, I guess you could trade off the name if you want to. And you want to make the money. I mean, it's an easy way to make cash, but. I don't know. I, I feel like, you know... Well, like with the Omen remake, that that's exactly why they did it, because the, they wanted to cash in on the date. Mm-hmm. That's right. Um, so when 6606 rolled around, they had to squeeze out an Omen movie to <laughs> because of the date, and it was basically just, I mean, virtually shot for shot. Mm-hmm remake of the orig- of the original. I mean, the most of the dialogue was exactly the same. Yeah. It was um I recently watched them pretty much back to back. I mean, cuz I watched the entire series and started with the first one and then ended with the remake. And the it is just astounding how much exactly alike it it is. I mean, so it's not a bad movie because The Omen is an excellent film. It's just completely unnecessary. Right. Because it is actually more bland, I think, than the original. I think the original is much better. So, you know, although though it's not bad, it just wasn't necessary. But they had to use, you know, they're like, here comes the date. We got to do it, you know. Yeah. Well, you, you remember when we were growing up, it seemed like more films were re-released in the theaters. Yes. And and I think... I, don't, I, I think that would have been a smart move in that situation. Yeah, why not? The Omen for that date. That would have been... That would have been really awesome. I would love to have seen that because I have never had the opportunity to see The Omen on the big screen. Yeah, I, I, I think there's this maybe this is idea because you know when we were going up VHS, uh, VHS was still a new thing, and also, um, you know, films wouldn't be released. Like remember the Disney films, especially, right? They would uh, give them limited release on VHS and yes. then put them in the vault, They'd as they pull say, them away. right? <laughs> and so when they would put those out in the theater, you know, I mean, I can remember all of them were out in the theater when I was growing up. You know, 101 Dalmatians. Um, Lady and the Tramp, all all the ones from the '60s too, you know, like like that Snow White and from the '30s, um, and and I I don't really think that you know whenever an indie theater 
screens of film that's been out for a long time. You know, whether it's like Taxi Driver or, you know, um, Blade Runner, Brazil, anything like that that's big that we've, you know, we all grew up, you know, Kurosawa film. Um, everybody likes to go see that. And I think if you took something like The Omen or, you know, anything like that, I think, I don't know. I mean, I guess the idea maybe is that they, they feel like if they re-release it, that young people will think it's a new movie and not know that there was an older version and so they can get them just to go out there and see it, um, that they're, they don't want to go see an old movie. Um, um, maybe. Yeah, but I, I think for us, I think for the majority of people, I think, you know, a movie that we've seen on VHS all our lives, we would love to see. It, it's a different experience to see it on the big screen. I, I think that, that not enough is made of that, um, you know. It is, but, you know, people don't seem to care that much about that these days. No. Because now, you know, you can watch anything at home. Yeah. And most people seem content to do that. Yeah. No, you... Yeah, you're right. I mean, I, 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 you know, you're right. I guess, you know, or a my, lot of people anyway. Not most, maybe, but a lot of people are content with that. Yeah, I mean, I guess in my head, I, I feel like it's cheaper just to re-release the old film. But maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe there's, there's more money to be had by making a new one. Uh, uh, yeah. So, but yeah, that's that. That's that's the remake game, which you know. I mean, I guess you know, movies have always been remade. Um, people have always been doing remakes of films. I mean, they did that in the '80s as well. Oh sure. Well, hell, um, an affair to remember mm-hmm. was a remake, you know, and that movie was from sixties, mm-hmm. early sixties, um, and that was a remake of that. I mean, so remakes have been happening forever. Um, it's just at back then it made more sense because you didn't have a way to see the original once it was gone. Mm-hmm. Pretty much, you know, you didn't have VHS, you didn't have DVD, you didn't. Um, occasionally, they would re-release a film or whatever, but for the most part, it wasn't going to happen. So, really, once a movie was gone, it was gone. That was your chance to see it. Mm-hmm. So, remaking a film to me made more sense back then, just because that was a way to bring it around again. Yeah. Well, here that's not nowadays. That's not. That's not necessary now. Right. It's really just either you want to use the name or you want to reinvent it you want to use new technology which in the case of like the fly i think was an excellent i it worked out excellently in the thing and invasion of the body snatchers those are all examples of of remakes i think were done for good reasons you know and they were done well and they were cared about you know people did it because they wanted to right not because they were trying to make strictly just trying to make cash um and then you've got the ones who are done. Eh, they they just are churned out so quick and dirty that what's the point? Yeah, I mean I haven't seen the RoboCop remake, but that one, that's what that felt like. And and I was just thinking to myself, like, you know why? I mean the original RoboCop. Yeah, I mean the original RoboCop was just such a fun movie, and it had a lot of social commentary in it. Um, it had Kurtwood Smith saying "bitches leave." Um, you know, like the whole thing, you know, and, 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 uh, and uh, floppy guy. Yes, yes, Miguel Ferrer. I loved him and that. You know, the whole thing just really worked, and and it was, you know, it was directed by Paul Verhoeven, who's a great director. Um, you know, it, it had a lot of great things going for it, um, and and it, you know, it. I think the the mindset was, well, you know, we need to do more remakes of big things, right? Because you know, RoboCop can lead to um, the 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 products, the the, the action figures, the the, the, the tie-ins. Um, and so that's why they do these movies. I mean, the Avengers, right? I mean, look at all the product tie-ins that we're going to start seeing with Avengers. Um, you know, this summer is going to be chock full of, of 
you know, every soda can is going to have somebody on it and every, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, and I, I still don't understand the whole Thor thing because when we were going up, Thor was like, you know, I think he was in a, in a Hulk TV movie and that was about it for Thor and suddenly he's a big deal now, you know? Um, uh, he was in Adventures in Babysitting. The th- oh, that's right. That's right. Oh my, <laughs> that's right. I forgot. That's right. That's right. Okay. All right. I can go with Thor now. All right. I'm better with Thor now. Remembering that, I'd forgotten all about that. That's right. <laughs> I still remember him throwing the porn out the the car window. It was a Playboy, right? He stuffs it yeah. up. Yeah. That was. Like, oh my God. What? See now that I have a. Few, did did they didn't they remake that movie? Adventures in Babysitting. I think that got remade. Re- didn't I don't it? know if it did. I missed it. Yeah. I they thought. They did. Brought a kid. Yeah. Every, everything's got to be remade. We just got to, you know. Oh, man. I mean, well, you know, why don't they remake movies that weren't good and improve on them? Like, why don't they remake November Man and make it good? <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do. Remake. Yeah, re- remake it, fix it, you know. Uh, you know, George Lucas, he he's all about tinkering with his old movies. Why don't, you know, we'll just take a, you know. Take a three men and a baby and, and remove Steve Gutenberg and put Humphrey Bogart in there. So Humphrey Bogart is in Three Men and a Baby. I think that would be an improvement on that, you know. Um, but I don't know what. <laughs> I just I'm kind of just I don't know coming up with that, you know. But uh, I just I, I think that might be an interest that that that's the way that remakes should be. But I guess they can't do it that way, right? Because you want to remake something that's successful because the name is already there. Mm-hmm. No, well, I'm, so so that's what you've got going on for one of the so the Jason remake. We're not going to be able to hear your opinion on it, but uh, which is too bad because I kind of like this this conversation we had about remakes. I think is a a good one. Maybe we should find a remake for us to uh to look at and uh in in the future. Oh, not a bad idea. And maybe that RoboCop that one's on Netflix. Maybe we'll have to put ourselves. Through. We'll see. It. We'll see if it's a long one. Maybe we don't need to do it. Do it, but uh, maybe that <laughs> maybe that's an idea for the future. <laughs> Uh, Brian said, "Skip it." I will. Okay. So, <laughs> all right. All right. Perfect. We did do the Dread remake on here, didn't we? We did, but that was yeah. Now, now was that a remake or was that like another adaptation? How would that? that I was... guess it was a different. I guess it it would count. Well, I guess it would just be another, uh, uh, a better adaptation. <laughs> it was an improvement, right? That one was yeah. an improvement. So yeah, that's what was. we want to see improvements. Right, exactly. That's the kind of thing that you want to see is them doing it right. Like, Although I still have I still have some love for Judge Dredd. Mm-hmm. I you know, I, that movie is ridiculous, but yeah. I works. enjoyed it. It works. <laughs> All right. <laughs> well, let's leave it there then. Let's leave it on a good note of that the Judge Dredd remake and and the fun that we had with the slow one because November Man did not leave a good taste in either of our mouths so no. we'll, we'll leave it there. Let's be cold. That's right, exactly. It was it was a cold November rain, Axel Rose style. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us this week, and uh, we'll we'll see you next week here at the Direct to Video Connoisseur uh, podcast. So have a great week, everyone. Yep. Bye. See you next time.
With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.